0: Well, it's been a couple weeks since I've uh, been up here, as uh, some of you have reminded me of a few times, and um, I, uh, I want you to know that uh, I really miss you all when, uh, when I'm not around. I don't know if you miss me, but I miss you. and. Um, even last week when i was uh, I, I was working um, when I was doing great banquet i even uh, I kind of snuck in here unbeknownst uh, to the leaders of the great banquet so don 't tell them but i I snuck in just to see you all and just to kind of make sure um, um, that things were still um, going and uh, and they were and that was great so uh, so uh, I have missed you, but it is good to be here with you this morning as we continue our series of uh, looking at true north and uh, and so today. Uh, We are going to be looking um, at the, the, not the gospel, the letter to the Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8. And so I invite you to uh, listen to these words from Paul. Paul says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. Sisters and brothers in Christ, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God, and let's pray. God, we come to you again this morning, giving you praise, that even in dark times, we know that you are are the light of the world. And so we pray for your spirit, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen and amen. So since it has been a couple of weeks uh, since I've been up here, let's just kind of reframe again what it is exactly that we are doing. Um, uh, So... In the first part of our series that happened last fall, we talked about what do we believe. And in the second part of the series, we went on to begin to say what do we believe or how do we respond to what it is that we believe. And so as we kind of repeat almost every Sunday, we remember that first of all, we have been loved and claimed by God, right? We can't say that enough. We have been loved and claimed by God as his child and as his children, And then, and only then, out of response to that, not in order to gain that love, but out of a response to that, we then do things like worship and prayer and reading Scripture and being generous, all of these things in response. Ben Witherington has this great little quote where he says, If all theology is grace, then all ethics is gratitude. Let me say it again. If all theology is grace, then all ethics is gratitude. In other words, everything that we do for the Lord is in response and is in gratitude, not out of a desire to attain any of these things. And so in Romans 12, then, we begin to see a listing of spiritual gifts, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about spiritual gifts and how we can use the gifts that God has given us in order to propel the mission of God even further. Now, one of the things that we should point out from very early on is that this list is not exhaustive in Romans 12. Uh, In Romans 12, we hear some of these gifts um, things like uh, prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhortation, generosity, leadership, compassion. But in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul even adds more. He says wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, speaking in tongues. And then in Ephesians, he brings up uh, things like apostleship and evangelism. So there are a lot of things, a lot of different spiritual gifts. just the ones that we see in Romans 12. And the reason why God gives us these things is in order for us to further the mission of God, or as we pray each and every week, in order to help us bring God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Right? The way that the God's kingdom comes is through the work of the community of faith. One of Leslie Newbigin's uh, quotes that I use uh, with great regularity is, he says that the only hermeneutic of the gospel, in other words, the only way for people, for communities, for the world to experience the gospel of Jesus is when a congregation of men and women believe it and live by it. And a part of the way that we believe it and then live by it is when we begin to understand the spiritual gifts and how we have been gifted spiritually and how we then go out into the world. And whenever Paul brings this up, he bring, when he brings it up in Romans and in 1 Corinthians, both times he brings it up, he attaches it, he, the analogy he uses is the body. The body, he says, that, that is just like what it means to have to be using the spiritual gifts now one of the things that i don't think we always think about is how important every single part of our body is meaning also then how important every single spiritual gift is so let's just say if you want to eat we need we need to eat to live right great yes we got that good But now, in order for that to happen, what has to happen? A, I have to have a stomach that can hold the food and can tell me when I am hungry. I then need a brain that is able to process the information. I then need to be able to have eyes that can help me to see the food. I then need legs that can take me over to the food. I then need a hand and my arm that can help me get the food up to my mouth. I need my lips and my tongues and my teeth in order to chew the food. I need an esophagus so that the food can go down. I need a large intestine, a small intestine, in order to digest the food. And all of those things— And many, many more that are needed just to do one simple act of eating. And in the same way, when Paul brings up the importance of the body, what he says is that we need every single part of you and every single spiritual gift used in order for us to do the simple act of being about the mission of God. That we need one another. That we can't do this alone. One of the reasons, as a quick aside, one of the reasons why we struggle, one of the reasons why uh, we mourn when difficult things happen is because we are one body, which means we bear the burdens of all of us. When one of us mourns, we all mourn. When one of us rejoices, we all rejoice. And that is a good thing. We need each and every one of us. We need all of the spiritual gifts to be being used if we are going to be able to be a robust body of faith. And each of us have different gifts. Right? One, of the, one of the kind of jokes that we have, I don't really actually think it's a joke, one of the things that we all know to be true on the church staff is that basically I'm the bad cop and Scott Shelton is the good cop. If you want compassion, or encouragement, or mercy, you walk right past my door and you go into Scott's office because these are the giftings that Scott has. And I have been the recipient of some of that compassion and encouragement. And for that, I am very, very thankful. Now, if you want some prophecy, and what I mean by that is not the future, but someone to tell you what I think you should really hear, then please come into my office and then go into Scott's office in order to be consoled, right? Now, that doesn't mean that I can't ever show compassion. It doesn't mean that Scott can't give you a hard word. But it does mean that some of these things we are perhaps more spiritually gifted at than others, right? And if it's bad in dancing to have two left feet, it's also bad, I think, in churches to have all one thing or not the other. Because it's kind of like having two left arms and no right arm or having all brain and no heart or all heart and no brain. It doesn't work well. We need each and every gift that you all have. But of course, in order to do that, you need to know what spiritual giftings you have and how to use them. All right. One of the things that I've mentioned before is that when I was a junior in high school, I knew that I had, that I, that I had this kind of gift of... Let's see here. It's going to sound... I felt like, uh, I, I'm trying to word this so it doesn't seem arrogant, I felt like when I was a junior in high school, when, when, when we know everything, I'm just going to say it, I felt like I wanted to speak publicly. I knew I wanted to speak publicly, okay? This is what I knew. I had a passion to do this. I just had to figure out what I wanted to talk about, right? So I thought I was going to be a journalist or a broadcaster, and then I, then I thought I was going to be a, 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 a lawyer, and then I thought I was going to be a politician, and then I thought I was going to be a professor. All of these things until finally I landed on, because everyone said, no to those things, being a pastor. And so finally then, right, but, but I had to A, know what it was, what I feel spiritually gifted at, and then B, kind of where I was to use that. And, and one of the things that we know as churches is that we have gifts here. You all have a spiritual gift, but everyone may not know what that is or even then how to use it. And, and so there are a lot of great tools for that, and we've used different tools in the past at ZPC. Um, we, we, we've discovered a, a newer one that we're going to use, and I want you to see that uh, it's up on the website, and, and if you go on our front, our homepage right now, now it's not actually circled like that when you go on the homepage, just to let you know, but, but there it is on the left-hand side, and I want to encourage you to click on that. It takes about 10 to 15 minutes. It's 105 questions, but they go very fast, and, and, and I want you to take 10 or 15 minutes, and if you are in a home group, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take it before you go to the home group right? Now, some of you are in home groups on Sunday evenings, and so uh, you can even do it at the beginning of your home group if you want to. But then what will happen is that after you click on that page um, and you go through it, it will tell you some of the gifts. And then also on that same page, not that one, but the next one to which you are sent, um, it'll also give you a listing of the different kinds of things that you can do with those gifts. Now, this tool is not perfect. There are some things on there. There are not some things on there that I wish were. And so if you keep going down on that second page, you'll see some of those like hospitality or um, there was a couple others. I can't even think what they are right now, but, but there are others on there that you can kind of also look to see if those resonate with who you are. And then I want you to get together and talk about it. If you're not in a home group, talk to someone else about it. You can come and talk to one of us about it and kind of figure out what exactly does this mean? If I have these gifts, how might I actually use them? Because we think it's critical for you to both know what it is uh, that God has gifted you, to know that, but then also to figure out how exactly do I use this in order to further the mission of God. Now, there are a couple of things that we need to know about these spiritual gifts. One is this, that just because you have the spiritual gifts in one area and not in another area, that doesn't let you off the hook in the areas in which you may not be somewhat supernaturally gifted. David King preached last week, and by the way, I thought David King did a great job. I listened to it online. Uh, If you haven't heard it, I encourage you to go online and listen to it. One of the things that he said was, is that he knows that that, that it used to be that when when they would do spiritual gifting, uh, including himself, um, that when the people around him, when generosity did not come up as being a spiritual gift, that they'd be like, whoo, Right? And as he said, no. It doesn't let you off the hook just because it's not one of your spiritual gifts. In fact, I would suggest that what you are supposed to do is actually look at those for whom it is a gift and say that's going to encourage me and to challenge me to see how I might practice that, even if this is not a natural gift, right? So as I've already said, compassion is not really the first thing that pops up on my spiritual gift. But that doesn't mean I can drive around like a maniac or go into meetings and act like a complete buffoon and be a as a jerk to everyone, and then just kind of say, hey, guys, sorry, here's my list. Compassion not up there. What can I do, right? No, it means that people like Scott are there to encourage me and to challenge me, right? So you're not off the hook just because it's not in your top three, okay? So that's one thing to keep in mind. Another thing that's critical to see, uh, and, and, and Paul talks about this, is that no one gift is better than the other. No one spiritual gift is better than the other. Paul says this um, in other places, but then here in Romans uh, 12, verse 3, is kind of the preface where he says, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. And I think that he says that because he wants you to know that before you even begin to ask what spiritual gifts that I have to make sure that you realize that no one gift is better than another. When I was growing up in church and then when I, I went to a Christian college, one thing that was very clear is that there were some spiritual gifts that were better than others, and especially those that were like exhort, exhortation, those that would lead you to becoming a pastor or a missionary. I mean, these were the, you know, the the. You know, everybody got so excited, and it annoyed me to no end. In fact, I'm pretty certain it's a part of the reason why it took me so long to ever become a pastor. Because quite frankly, I always thought that the people who became pastors and missionaries were people, by and large, who couldn't get real jobs. Which is why I'm here. Now, we might not say that in our own kind of environment, but the reality is that, that I live this with some regularity which is that I know that many of us here kind of think that, yeah, we know all of our gifts are important, but really what's most important is that you have a good pastor or, you know, that you don't have a bad pastor at least, right? I mean, we end up living like that oftentimes. We see that. One of the, one of the uh, research findings that I um, discovered, I don't know, probably at the very beginning of my pastorate that I've shared before is this, that, that, that within the first 10 minutes of someone walking in to the doors of a church that an incredibly high percentage, I forget what it is, I think it's around 80% of people know whether or not they will come back and be a part of that particular congregation within the first 10 minutes. And what doesn't happen within the first 10 minutes? The sermon, right? The sermon doesn't happen, which means that there are other giftings that need to be used if we are going to be a place that is thriving, right? And, and I was so delighted. I didn't get to go a couple weeks ago, but some of our staff, Scott, John, a couple of other folks, uh, we were able to go to a, uh, to a little kind of conference, if you will, a little mini conference, where a, a, a seminary uh, professor from Fuller came, and she was talking about churches that are doing a great job of growing young and what that means is they're doing a good job of kind of cultivating young people and they're growing in that particular demographic and here's what she said as they did research on those churches when they asked people in those churches which churches are they or or, what are the things about this church that kind of that 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 drew you here and that keep you here do you know that good preaching was sixth on the list only 12% of people said good preaching is what drew them and kept them there right all the way down six what was the top ones what were the top ones things like community like relationships like small groups right what are these things these are things like have giftings of hospitality of serving of giving Right? This is what is important for us to be a congregation and a community that is furthering the mission of God. It is not just about what happens here, what happens in this moment right now. In fact, I love this quote. What she said was that people, young people, all people, but especially young people, they can download a lot of amazing sermons. How did I get this one, quite frankly? It was a joke. They can download amazing sermons. They cannot download vibrant communities. They can download amazing sermons from lots of places. You cannot download vibrant community. And in order to have vibrant community, you need people who are expressing their gifts of hospitality and caring and service and help. If it's up to us me and Scott, we are in trouble. And in order for us to really be about building the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, it means that all of us here need to be using the gifts that we have been given. In other words, you're not off the hook. The last thing I think that's critical for us to see, and this is, some, this is a message that we believe in very strongly, which is that the spiritual gifts that you have are not just to be used for official ZPC things, right? A lot of times, whenever churches talk about, you know, spiritual gifts, the real hope is that they are going to get a lot more people to start volunteering around the church. And if that works, great. But I want you to know that that is not the sole reason or even the most important reason why it is that you know your spiritual gifts. It's not just so that we can get ZPC things done. It is so that you can further the mission of God, not just on Sunday mornings when people walk in, but Mondays through Saturdays, wherever it is that you are, right? You know this to be true. We keep trying to say this, right? When you are generous, you're not just generous to ZPC. We want you to be generous when you go out to the restaurants, whenever it is that you are compassionate and merciful to people who are within these walls. We want you to be compassionate and merciful to people with whom you work. Whenever it is that you are hospitable, it doesn't just mean being hospitable in the gathering space. It means being hospitable in your neighborhoods, that this is something that we are called to do, not just in here, but to use these gifts everywhere that we go and in everything that we do. Robert Bryant is a uh, commentator, and when he looks over Romans 12, and he looks over these spiritual gifts, and he looks over the importance of the body of faith, he talks about how important it is for us to be able to see that this is about bringing God's kingdom on earth everywhere, not just in specific places. And he has this quote Here, where he says, Once the symphony of this good news penetrates our hearts and minds, bringing forth new life in Christ, faithfulness becomes nothing less than the thankful presentation of our bodies, our total beings, our total beings, to God's service for the benefit of others. That when we are using the spiritual gifts that God has given to us everywhere, it is like making beautiful music wherever it is that you go. And we are serving in a world and in a community that needs to hear the music of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not just in here, but in our neighborhoods. Not just in here, but in the ball fields where we play and go watch our children. Not just in here, but in the restaurants where we go to eat. Not just in here, but in the malls and the grocery stores to which we we shop? What might it look like? What might it sound like if we were using these gifts everywhere? It might sound something like this. gift is like a particular instrument or a particular voice and how might the community around us act if like a flash mob, we were begin to play those gifts, not just in here, but out in the community. What surprised looks might we get? What smiles might we get? What children might see? What, 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 what pictures might be taken if we were a people who were making beautiful music for God's kingdom? Because we were practicing in the public setting these amazing gifts to which God has called us. What difference might it make if we could reflect the beauty of God's kingdom in the music of our gifts and of our callings? Sisters and brothers in Christ, might we be a people who are using the gifts of God Until God's kingdom comes on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Amen.